You're listening to the Analuya podcast, where faith and animation collide. Each episode, we'll discuss the various topics in animated movies and TV shows, while also sharing our thoughts and opinions as they relate to faith and spirituality. Get ready to raise a hallelujah. It's time for Analuya. And you're listening to another episode of the Analuya podcast. My name is Josh. And bring you another movie from the Disney Renaissance era, my wife, Rebecca. Hello, everybody. You know, we love doing movies from the Disney Renaissance era. It's just something nostalgic about it, because a lot of the films that came out from Disney was during our childhood when we were growing up. Again, you got Hercules, you got Pocahontas, Mulan, and of course, someone that we'll be talking about uh, today will tell you what that is uh, in just a few but, you know, with every year, as we get older, new things come about. And I'm not talking about, like, technology or fads. It's just new things about ourselves. And I'm referring to every time I go to the Lowe's here in town. So, for those of you who have been to Lowe's, there are two entrances. There is the one that you go in. And then there is the one where apparently you just go into another world like Narnia that's on a separate exit and or entrance of the store. Because, and Becca will will attest to this, every time that I go in, no problem. Every time that I come out, though, I like get this disorientation (laughs) of, okay, where did I park? And I'm like six years old for like a few seconds. (laughs) Well, that's because you usually park at the garden center entrance, Josh. Well, that's where and the it's closest. it's so far uh, away. Well, no, no. It's the closest to the, the first entrance that I usually go in. But not really. No, it's not. It is. But where you come out of is like on the opposite side. So, yeah, you're like, where, where did we park? I'm like, Josh, it's further than you think. It's way over there. And you're like, no, there's no way it could be that far. And I'm like, yes, Josh. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I, I mean, you're right, but I still, I still do it every time. But I'm getting that the last couple of times, I was like, okay. I'm getting that spatial awareness of spatial intelligence that my wife has, and <laughs> I'm, I'm putting it to good use. That's right. But as I said in the beginning, we're going to be diving in, uh, no pun intended, to another Disney Renaissance film. And that is, of course, The Little Mermaid. And the nostalgia just filled the airwaves and your AirPods and headphones as this... Or your car, wherever you're listening to this too. <laughs> but it is such a classic. This film came out in 1989, so just a year after I was born, and just a year before Becca was born. That's right. And if you're not if you're not familiar with a fairy tale or history of literature, this is based off a fairy tale by Hans Christian uh, Hans Christopher. Hans Christian Hans Anderson. Christian, yeah, Hans Christian Anderson. And in the Netherlands. Yes, right. And he wrote the original Little Mermaid. This movie uh again is a bit more uh cheerful and has a happier ending than the original. 
a little mermaid. Yeah, if that you, one's yeah. dark. Yeah. It's really dark. Well, we want to keep it happy here on the podcast, yeah, so right. we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but if you do want to learn the real origin story, uh, there is John Solo on YouTube. He does oh, a great. whole bunch of uh, origin stories on fairy tales. He did on the Little Mermaid, which is really interesting. So if you are interested in learning more about the origin stories of fairy tales, Go check out John Solo on YouTube. But we are going to get into it. And before we get too much further into this, um, if you hear some like uh, crackling, bopping, um, gnawing in the background, that is, of course, our dogs. And we thought it would be a great idea to give them some <laughs> treats while we're recording to, keep, to appease them uh, from making any noise. But it looks like that was kind of counterintuitive. Or I guess we should have given it to them in a different room. <laughs> yeah. Many of you know The Little Mermaid for its very likable soundtrack. A lot of you know Little Mermaid uh, because of the voice actress, uh, Jodie Benson. and She's awesome. She's been in like yeah. everything that you love as a kid, probably. One of those... Uh, one of those. Uh, well, she also voiced uh, Thumbelina. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she voiced Thumbelina. She was. Was she in? No, totally different. I think. Um, which she wasn't the. Um, uh, oh, Swan Princess. Was no, she? No, no, that that was. Who am her. I thinking of? It was another. Yeah, I I can't think of the actress at the moment. Oh, Liz Calloway. Okay, sorry. So with the Little Mermaid. There are so many wonderful things that I like about this movie. Of course, obligatory love and music. Not all the songs, but quite a few of them. Most of them, I would say, are excellent. The side characters of, you know, Sebastian, Skittle, Flounder. And then, of course, you have uh, Gandalf. I I mean, King Triton in there, too. Oh, goodness. Got a good host of, of characters. Yeah, most of them are very likable, I would say. Now, More tolerable. Yeah. yeah let's see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, tolerable Scuttle, yeah. If he, yeah. if there was any more of him in the movie, I'd be like, okay, it's kind of overplayed it's too already. Much, yeah. Too much, yeah. I mean, he was good comic relief, but uh, yeah, did any more. It was just the right amount to where you weren't like, okay, this is too much. It's kind of like in the play, it's a, it's a little much in the play. That was actually the first play that we saw together, wasn't it? We the did Little Mermaid? It. Yeah, for a com- uh, community theater. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious that we went to sushi first. Uh, and then we went. A, kind of being sacrilegious in a way. <laughs> in a way. In a way. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was the place where uh, your wasabi story happened. Yeah. That's uh, that's a story for another time. Aww. Well, if you guys want to hear that story, go ahead and uh, comment on this episode, and uh, maybe, maybe we'll tell it. If that'll be an extra thing. But the big theme for this episode is, uh, well, it's kind of um, two-sided. It is our human nature, our desire to kind of go after the next big thing. You know, the grass is always greener on the other side. They have what I don't have, so obviously it must be better. And our overall view of God, both believer and non-believer. Yeah, I, I would say that's true. Yeah, both believer and non-believer. Yeah, a lot of times we can see God the way that Ariel views her dad, right? Because she's a she's a hormonal little fifteen year old who's like, 
Daddy, why would you do that? Wah! Very, very whiny. You don't understand well, yeah. me. No one understands me. I was there once too, so <laughs> I think we all were at one point. <laughs> well, and what we see of King Triton more is what it is. They're kind of showing us how Ariel kind of views him, which is just a big blowhard, always going on about what to do and what not to do. What? Oh, you went up to the surface again, didn't you? Didn't you? Nothing happened. Oh, Ariel, how many times must we go through this? You could have been seen by one of those barbarians, by, by one of those humans. Daddy, they're not barbarians. They're dangerous. Do you think I want to see my youngest daughter snared by some fish eater's hook? I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child Don't anymore. you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Well, as long as you live under my ocean, you'll obey my rules. But if you would just listen... Not yeah, so... It, it, he he is very intense, and then you, she kind of like swims away um, because she, she's upset, obviously, after that confrontation. I mean, um, I'd be upset, too, if I was her. So, And then, you know, the dad, and I think maybe not all fathers, but a good majority of them, you know, kind of take a step back. And, you know, King Triton does this as well, where he confides in. So he has Sebastian. Yeah, he has Sebastian. He's like, His uh, court dude, composer. Yes. Hmm. Um, and he just says, well, uh, do you think I, I, I was too hot on her? And the course of action is, you know, yes, man. He's like, no, most definitely not. <laughs> that was a good, good impersonation. <laughs> yeah. He was like, no, if Ariel was my daughter, I'd, I don't know, whatever. Pin her flit and stood the floor. Of course, we, you know, he sounds really harsh and he did not handle that situation. Well, Trident didn't. Um, but if you've seen... The um, Little Mermaid, Ariel's beginning, you see what happened to her mom. And, it, and yeah, and it, it, it gives a lot of backstory and a good mm-hmm. understanding as to why Triton views humans the way he does. Right, right. So, um, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a reason to why he's reacting that way. Um, same thing with, um, you know, going back to our, how we view God. And God always has a reason for what he does. And, you know, his reason is his reason. We just have to kind of be okay with not knowing sometimes and just being okay with that. You know, as everyone knows, I think I've been going through Romans very slowly, but I'm going a little faster recently. But I was just reading in Romans 10, I think. It was either 9 or 10. But Paul was like basically saying, you know, who are you to challenge God? His will is his will. Who he saves is who he saves. You know, who are you? You're just a mere man. And it's like, yeah, that's that's the truth. That's hard for new believers, I think, to understand. But um, as mature believers, we come to understand and, and be okay with that and be secure. Like, you know, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do and preach the gospel and live my life and you know, I don't have to know everything. That's okay. Absolutely. And in this day and age, we're all about, you know, instant gratification, which is what, you know, Ariel is kind of looking for. Oh, yeah. Is she has this collection of things to, you know, <laughs> feed her curiosity, her knowledge about the human world, constantly pokes the bear, so to speak, uh, the going up to the surface to visit Skittle, who gives her these... um 
wild definitions of you know what human artifacts are and what they're used for. We see her real temptation and her real need for you know the grass is greener on the other side analogy when Triton you know finds her collection of human stuff and you know blasts it all away with his Triton mm-hmm. and she makes a deal with Ursula who is the antagonist of this whole story yes and wants to you know become human because that's the way out of this whole life under the sea and to Prince Eric who is her um a handsome protagonist. Yes, a handsome protagonist, yes. <laughs> but like with some things, there tends to be a catch. And I think with God, he tries to prevent us from you know, making deals or going after things that won't ultimately like, satisfy us. Mm-hmm. There is a verse that says, you know, how much more will you know God give you or to God to get to those, you know, who love him as far as, you know, he has something, you know, better for you, even though you don't see it. Yeah. I think the, the verse you're talking about, I think is in Luke um, right. where God said, or Jesus is saying, Holy Spirit's coming. He wants to give you good gifts. He wants to give you good things. The Holy Spirit's that answer. And um, he knows, yeah, he knows how to give good things. And a lot of times, I mean, we're both guilty. We think our answer is the best answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we, we have a solution. We're telling God, hey, uh, you know, we, we, we got this. We're, we don't need your help. I've got a solution. It's going to work. It's going to be great. And then when that fails, it's like, well, God should have told me that wasn't going to work. <laughs> Except that we have free will, and he doesn't want to force us to do anything that is a true gift. Sometimes we see it as a curse, but it's a true gift, you know? True love always gives an option. Right, and that that's really astounding. Like, we're created, like, we were created to serve Christ, but yet he gives us free will to do that or not. And he doesn't interfere with that option that he gives us. But kind of getting that to, you know, some things come with a catch or some things come with a price tag. Yeah, I was about to say that I, that's more of what it is. There's a price for everything. And Ursula explains this when she's making a deal with Ariel. That three days. Now, listen, this is important. Before the sun sets on the third day, you've got to get dear old Princey to fall in love with you. That is, he's got to kiss you. Not just any kiss. The kiss of true love. If he does kiss you before the sun sets on the third day, you'll remain human permanently. But if he doesn't, you turn back into a mermaid and you belong to me. Yeah, so... She'll turn into a mermaid only briefly. Yeah. Then she'll turn into whatever those wiggly worm things are. Yeah, they're like seaweed or seaweed creatures, something. They look like deformed, like, uh, I don't know. Mm, Scary. It's weird. Like, like she, she has her, like, garden of... Yeah, it's it's pretty freaky if you if you see <laughs> her the first kid? time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I love how she says, um, "You have to get 
dear old princey to kiss you or to fall in love with you. And to her, falling in love equals a kiss and not just any kiss. The kiss of true love. Okay. Why is Disney so obsessed with this idea of the true love and true love's kiss? Why? Well, if you look back in history of literature and fairy tales, the Disney-fied version, not the Grimm Brothers or the Hans Christian Andersen versions, there's this, you know, rosy outlook of, hey, true love's kiss and true love breaks the spell. So that's where this idea is coming from. And Disney has done this with all of their princess and prince-related movies. Yeah, but why? Why are they so obsessed with it? Why is it in every princess fairy tale? I wouldn't say they're necessarily obsessed with it. I would say it's it's, it's, an, it's an easy plot to carry through. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's frustrating, though, as a... Um, well, as a human, I guess, in general. I was about to say for as a Christian, but like in general, as a person, I mean, the message that they're sending yeah. is that true love and true love's kiss is where you get your worth. And that's not true. You know, obviously, as Christians, we believe that our worth and our identity comes from Christ. Other people in the world um, that don't believe the same thing that we do would I would say, say not say something similar, but they would also say it's not just about love. That's not where you get your worth. It could be in your job. It could be in your 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 kids, your family, your your whatever. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because it's an outdated uh, idea. If you think about it, Becca, it kind of is the basis for the Christian faith. Whereas you know, true love conquers all. You know, Christ sacrificial love, true love. For his creation. Well, yes, that is, that's very accurate. That's a very accurate way to look at that. I mean, they obviously don't mean it that way, but we can look at it that way. Sure. But yeah. He's the only one who, who is our true love um, that matters. And, you know, just because I love you, Josh, that doesn't mean that I am complete and that I am whole. This whole idea of even you see it in Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, where Kovu and, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? Kiara. 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 Um, where they're looking into the water and, you know, there's half of his face and then half of her face and they come together and it's a whole lion. And it's like, no, <laughs> that's a very unhealthy way to look at relationships in general. It's two whole people coming together and what should be Christ at the center, you know, keeping them together and growing in that relationship. So me and me alone and my strength loving you is not enough. I have to have Christ to continue because otherwise I could very easily get super mad at whatever it is that you've done and just be like, you know what? Enough's enough. I, I can't do this anymore. But because I have Christ, I can say that's not how Christ would love and that I need to show love differently than the world does, basically, because I know what that looks like. Anyway, gosh, we really got <laughs> we really got off on this whole thing. Let's get back to Ariel. <laughs> 
but yeah, so getting back to Ariel, before we had the whole Ariel train her voice to the COH Ursula to get legs to become a human, we had the iconic song of Part of Your World. Ready to know what the people know. Ask them my questions and get some answers. What's a fire and why does it? What's the word? Burn. When's it my turn? Wouldn't I love, love to explore that shore up above? Such a memorable song. Never skipped it when I had it on the soundtrack. But Rebecca, you had something to say about the whole Cove Cave uh, type of scene there where that song is played out. Yeah. Okay, so the song in general is talking about, you want thingamabobs? I've got 20. Um, but who cares? I want more. You know, she she's longing for that more. And I think so many times we we gather up knowledge about God. And that's good. Knowledge is good. Knowledge for knowledge's sake, though, is is not good. You can't stop there. Right. Because, and she doesn't even know what to call these things. Exactly. These thingamabobs, the whatchamacallits, the what is a fire? Why does it burn? There's so many questions that she has. Um, and she's just trying to figure it all out. And the reason that she doesn't know what these things are called is because she doesn't have that experiential knowledge that brings these things to life. Absolutely. And it's kind of like in our Christian walk where we can ask ourselves and each other, hey, do you know the God? It's like, oh, yeah, I know of God. Right. And I have read the Bible and I know these things about him. So, yeah, but do you know him? Do you have that experiential knowledge of God that then gets transformed into a relational experience with God? Yeah, exactly. Kind of going on hope, kind of segueing that back. Ariel's hope in all of this is Prince Eric, mm, because yeah. in her eyes... Her true love. Yep, true love. He's the answer to getting me away from my overbearing father and to me staying human. And three days, I'll do it in two. He'll be all over me. <laughs> she really could have... There's so many things she could have done to communicate. You know, I, I mean... But then that would order a movie. You have I to know. prolong the the complications of, of everything. Right. They could have taught her how to write. She could well, have learned... No, no, she she, signed, she, she knows how to write. Well, she that's signed, true. She signed her name on that's that That's true. She knows how to write. She, she just so mi- much frustration. She, she just missed the part of, you belong to me. Right. Dot, 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 for all eternity. <laughs> right. Exactly. Where we could all visibly see that in big, bold letters. Mm-hmm. She was like, mm, that's worth it. You know, I- I'll do it. It's like, legs from, the, uh, from thy soul. Sign on the dotted line. Do you <laughs> yeah. have a payment plan? <laughs> <laughs> no payment plan all at once. Well, I guess the payment plan is three days to uh, come up yeah, with the money, yeah. or that's it. That, that's, You're a, done. that's a bad layaway plan. <laughs> yeah, that that's not a good deal. <laughs> I guess like there's no uh, like okay for those of you who don't know what layaway is. This is a program mostly done at Walmart and now the non-existent Kmart, where you would want to get these items, but you couldn't really 
pay for them at that time. So you had this thing called a layaway plan. And it was like a credit card, but there wasn't any penalty if you didn't end up purchasing the item or, you know, paying it all in full because you weren't going to get it until you've paid for it all in full. Uh, I know this comedian, he said, when our mother took us to the store and I said, man, I would really like this one. Went to school. And my mom said, Logan, put this on layaway. Oh, come on, mama. Can I get one shirt? <laughs> and our mother would put $1 each month towards the oh purchase. We would ride our lights down to the store. It's like, you see that shirt? I'm going to have that by next Christmas. <laughs> you know, those are good programs. Way better than the debt that we're all in now. You know? Yeah, well, because as soon as we all get a credit credit card, it's like, mm-hmm. wait, I had this amount of money, and I don't have to have the money yet, but I can charge it. Anyway, uh, this going back to Ariel's deal, um, she probably would have been better with a credit card. She didn't have to sell her soul for it. <laughs> so um, the other day, <laughs> I was looking at, um, where was I? I think it was on Pinterest, and um, there's like Disney... Um, memes that come up on Pinterest for me because I've clicked on them because they're interesting. Oh, yeah. Going that to the whole, you know, this could have been done and this could have prevented all that. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. And the title of this was if uh, Disney princesses had moms, what would happen? And the first one on there was about um, Ariel. And um, the scene is her mom is like helping her hang a giant picture of Eric and um, she's got like an Eric pillow and uh, the big statue is, is in the background and Triton's there with a scowl on his face, holding little dolls of Ariel and Eric. <laughs> and her mom is like, Triton, calm down. It's just a silly crush. She's a teenager. She'll be over it in a month. Truth. Yes, because what she was experiencing was a teenage crush. Mm-hmm. While, yes, it went further in the movie, if... Ariel had another figure during that time. Totally different movie and could have talked some <laughs> sense into Triton. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was Disney's whole plan all along. It's like, all right, we take away the moms, we leave the dads in charge, and we'll just see what happens. <laughs> Shenanigans ensue. <laughs> right. This whole theme that we want to convey as God has something better if you allow his will for your life instead of Going with the old adage of the grass is always greener. Oh, there's a human prince. I'm going to, you know, do whatever it takes to be, you know, with him because that is my solution. That's how things are going to get better in my mind. And when we relate to to us, that's either more money, new car, nicer house. It, it It could be anything. Could be that boyfriend or girlfriend. But... We get to the end of the film, and Ariel's made all these mistakes, has caused all these issues, and it's this last scene here that Triton is kind of reconsidering all the human stuff, and it's like God is saying, when when we obey his his will for our lives, that he's going to give us the desires of our hearts, and because our desires... Um, are going to align with his. People miss that a lot, I think. Uh, that, I think that's a 
from a psalm. I can't remember which one. Um, but yeah, like the reason that that he's going to give us the desires of our hearts is because if we focus on him, the desires will line up. Right. Because we'll be praying for his will to be done because that's our will is that his will will be done. And so it all it all works out for the best. <laughs> right. And I'll play this uh, little uh, soundbite here. Trying to is having this conversation with Sebastian and ultimately gives Ariel what she really wanted, but like no strings attached. She really does love him, doesn't she, Sebastian? Mm. Well, it's like I always say, Your Majesty, children got to be free to lead their own lives. You always say that? <laughs> oh, then I guess there's just one problem left. And what's that, Your Majesty? How much I'm going to miss her. And they always say, if you love something, you let it go. Well, and it's a testament, I think, to free will and, you know, this idea that God lets us choose what we want. And and on a very practical note, um, for kids to grow up and to learn responsibility and good boundaries and all of that fun stuff, you can't smother them. You can't force them to, to do anything. They have to make their own mistakes. And that's got to be really hard. I mean, obviously, we're not parents yet, but right. that's got to be incredibly difficult as a parent. Absolutely. Because I've known, I, I know parents and new parents who were wanting to like shelter their children and like keep them in a little bubble. But you can't do that. I mean, what are you going to do when they're, you know, an adult going off to college? Are you going to, you know, bathe them while they're in college? Are you going to dictate the type of job that they're going to that they're going to get are they, are you going to go and be that helicopter parent and sitting on the interviews and the uh, admissions office and all that stuff no no you're you're going to trust that you have shouldn't done, do that anyway yeah you shouldn't <laughs> but you should trust that you have done all that you can to make your child you know a a responsible and you know if you're a Christian, godly young man or young woman. That is literally your job as a parent. Is to raise a child up in the ways of the Lord and mm -hmm. have them walk out doing such. Yeah. It's the same thing uh, that when you're a manager at your job, say you're, uh, well, it doesn't matter, but you're a manager at your job. You manage people. <laughs> the primary focus of your job is to manage the people. I'm shocking, right? Um, not to do the actual work. Sometimes you do that. Sometimes you, you do other things. It's not just that, but primary focus is to manage the people who are doing that. And, you know, that's your focus. That's your job as a parent, you know, doing the sports and the other things like those are important. Those are fun. They're socialization. They're all of those things, but should it rule your entire life? No. Uh, yeah. But kind of wrapping up with all this, I feel that it's either, it's kind of like 50-50 or 75-15 with our podcast, where it's like, hey, we're going to talk about 
the Little Mermaid, but not really. <laughs> this is a jumping off point. <laughs> you guys but, knew what you were signing up for. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what we do is, like, I feel that we'll talk about the movie in, like, certain points to make a analogy or to kind of get an um, allegory of what we're of what we'll discuss and turns into uh, biblical references and faith and spirituality. Well, the characters are going through life crises, right? Crises, right? Having that internal struggle. Yeah, and it's just living life. The mistakes that you make, that you things that you do, and you know, just like the characters in the Bible, they made mistakes. They yeah. they did things that. Um, that weren't good. And, and that's why stories are so powerful because we can learn so much from the, from the lives of the characters in them. And that's why I like doing this so much. And I guess our, our main point for this episode, at least is like, yeah, we were making points from the little mermaid as kind of like jumping off and starting points to get to human nature, um, free will, a whole host of other things that we talked about. And yeah, we got some changes. We got some red holes again. That's nothing new. But <laughs> what we want you all to get out of this is a new perspective, a new way of looking at things in terms of faith and spirituality, specifically Christianity, that we're using the medium of animation, of Disney, DreamWorks, all these things to more so or less do a devotional each week. Basically. And we, we hope you all listening, you know, kind of, kind of see it that way. And we try to, I think, provide a very balanced view um, in terms of what we're talking about in regards to a biblical message, juxtaposing that to the animated film or show that we're talking about. Yeah, well, and, you know, it's our hope, too, that hopefully our conversation helps to helps you think about other pieces of media that you watch, not yeah. just animated, you know, that's what we focus on, but, um, yeah, really I mean, any, any movies, right, any TV shows, yeah. any, any YouTube videos, like mm, whatever yeah. it is, hopefully you start to see, see it a little bit different and see, see how God could be potentially speaking to you or how Holy Spirit could right. be speaking to you. And I think we've had a number of guests who had said this when we are watching entertainment specifically in regards to this podcast when we watch an animated movie or a TV show we don't go in we don't go in looking for a Christian message or thinking that we're going to have a spiritual or a supernatural experience but it is very interesting and nice when that happens mm-hmm yeah, we don't always sit around and have these conversations. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we do it's just, fun when we do. Yes, we, we've watched a ton of things that just for <laughs> entertainment purposes. Mm-hmm. But when we're saying, "Hey, we're going to watch this," and this, these are the things that we need to think about, those are the times that, hey, you know, we are kind of like looking for things and kind of you know picking out, okay, this and this applies to this, and we can put this here, yeah, all that stuff. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, it's funny is I, I find that one of the shows that, that God speaks the most to me through Hunter Hunter. N- no, that's just what I'm watching right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it's Dr. Who. Yeah, I can see that. It's so good. It is not a Christian message. That is, it's, it's very, uh, humanist. 
uh, very, very humanist. But in that, there, there are just, I don't know, there's moments where you're like, okay, that's God speaking to me, <laughs> like clearly. Um, it's so good. Well, I mean, I can say the same thing about, um, gosh, other shows that are completely like, okay, this is not a Christian message, but I can see a Christian, like uh, Ma the Psycho 100, like clearly about a psychic, clearly about this whole supernatural thing that is against God, but there are a lot of messages that like, yeah, hey, that can directly apply to such and such. Well, as we're wrapping up, again, one thing we liked, one thing we didn't like or particularly didn't care for. I'll start with what I didn't like or didn't care too much for. As far as side characters, I know I said I liked Skittle, but he kind of just got annoying towards the end. And I didn't like Flatsome and Jetsome just because of their, well, obviously they're the minions, the, the main antagonist, but also just like... Sweet poor just for the boys and like it. <laughs> loved, loved, loved the reprise of Part of Your World. It's that iconic. She's on the rock, and when she says world, and she kind of like lifts herself up, and the waves crash behind her. Yeah, what's funny is I actually think I like the reprise better than the original. Oh, absolutely. I, I actually had the reprise on like repeat one day. <laughs> and it's like, hey, it's only 45 seconds. It's like the best 45 seconds ever. <laughs> it is really good. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the like emotional buildup in that reprise. But yeah, it's uh, so good. Um, well, I don't want to say the same thing as you. You can't. I know. Um. I mean, I do agree with you that Scuttle does get annoying, particularly during Kiss the Girl. He's like, wah, 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 you know, trying to sing and do all of that. Um, that was not great. But ugh, I don't know. There's so many like little nitpicky things, I guess. It's hard because it's so iconic. And it's like you just because we grew up with it, I tend to just kind of accept everything as good as good, I guess. Um, and that's okay. I mean, there's no rule that says you have to have something that you didn't like. It's just nice to like have the critique of it. I didn't love that, <laughs> that Ariel didn't seem to know how to communicate really without her voice. Like, well, because she that would have been, res she could have been resourceful. Well, yeah. Well, because that was her identity really is, it was all in her voice. I guess so. Yeah. Cause they built her up even in the very beginning with, um, we are the doctors of Triton, you know, our father who named us and loved us well, or loves us and named us well. Anyway. Um, yeah. And they, they're like, now we're debuting our little sister and she has the most beautiful voice. Uh, yeah, she, she really harped on that. Um, and how stupid that she didn't read the contract. Come on, girl, read the contract. Of course, we're super guilty when, you know, Apple's got a new update. Yeah, the like, yeah, 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 whatever, get over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say yes and get back to my thing. Um, yeah, so mm, guilty on that one. Um, liked, I mean, I do love the reprise of Part of Your World, but just in general, the songs are really catchy. And um, they definitely get stuck in your head. That's for sure. Um, Indeed. 
Especially Talk- Under the Sea. It is. Yeah, Under yeah. the yeah. Sea. Yeah, that one. That one really gets in there. Um, Part of Your World, I when, that's one of my favorite songs to sing in general. Like if I'm going to sing a song in the shower or just in my car, or just pull it out of thin air, I can... I have every line memorized from part of your world and I love to sing it. So it's, it's a lot of fun. That's my favorite part, I guess. Wonderful. Well, we are coming up to the end of August. Again, we got one more um, week left, but I kind of wanted to give you guys um, kind of the heads up of what's going to be coming up over the next couple of months. If you saw our social media about a month ago, I kind of gave you a breakdown of what was coming up through the month of August through the end of October. So in September, we are going to be doing all four Shrek movies. Shrek-tober. No, Shrek-tember. Shrek-tember, whatever. October is going to be something different. Cringe-tober. Yeah, cringe-tober. We're going to be discussing the worst of the worst um, Christian animated movies. Mm. It is going to be a more f- more more fun on the you know just kind of like roasting these movies in a way so don't don't we might need a drink before we (laughs) before we talk about or watch these things yeah don't uh don't be expecting a sunday school lesson even though these films (laughs) are going to try really hard to (laughs) um so if you if you came in expecting veggie tales maybe for another time but not for love love veggie tales yeah not for cringe tilder and so we're really excited about the uh, next couple of months that uh, that are ahead. But we hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, you can follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We also have our YouTube channel. Anytime that we have a guest on, we do post the full uncut conversation of the edited podcast. We also have a few things lined up in the future that we're really excited about that are going to premiere in 2023 so stay tuned for more information on that until next time keep those halos shiny and stay holy my friends thank you for listening to the analuya podcast be sure to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram to keep up with all the latest information we would love to hear your comments and questions about today's episode as well as suggestions for future episodes You can message us on our socials or email us at contact at analuya.com. 